Um, so today we kind of wanted to share the message that's uh, commonly referred to as, as the restoration. And it's, it's referred to as the restoration because it's kind of how, how the church was restored. And we kind of just wanted to briefly go, go through that message, if that's, if that's all right with you. That sounds perfect. Awesome. So Aaron, the first thing, one of the first things that we like to talk about, that we like to mention, that we believe in, is that God is our loving Heavenly Father. You know, God, God is not only God or the supreme being or, or the judge, right? But he is a father in heaven and he loves us. And so he loves us so immensely that he gives us a gospel. He gives us a gospel to live by. To bless us and our families. And the, the gospel is something that if we follow by its precepts, if we follow by the teachings of it and the doctrines, then we can, we can become better. And we can find happiness and joy in this life, as well as our families, because that's, that's really central and to the plan is families. But we, you know, we, we have the gospel now, but we need to learn need to learn where the gospel even even comes from and and where is it that we can find the gospel yeah and, and we kind of you know this gospel blesses our families and blesses us so much and, and i'm sure that you've seen have you seen that in your life where um kind of learning about jesus christ has, has blessed you have you seen uh, those blessings come from you know following jesus christ example have you seen any of those blessings in your life Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely have. I, I always like think of it as like clay, like on pottery. I don't know if you're, like you've ever like seen clay or all that, but when you have like a family centered on Jesus Christ, it's like clay being centered on a wheel. And if the clay isn't centered, like when it starts going around and when those trials or those hard times come, the clay is going to fly everywhere. And, you know, it's not going to have that firm foundation. But when you have a house centered on Jesus Christ and, and his teachings, when those hard times come, the, the clay is centered and it's ready to, you know, form these beautiful pieces of art. And, and that's, a, that's a way that I, I've always loved to think of it. You know, when we have a, a house centered on Jesus Christ, when we have those hard times or those trials or, you know, something hard happens, like, you know, the virus going around right now, it's kind of a, kind of a tricky tricky time in the world but when we have those those teachings of jesus christ then we're able to able to you know withstand those and, and form these beautiful things out of it and that's always been a super super awesome way that's helped me kind of think of it and so and so one thing that we also need to learn is how we can how we can learn about the gospel right and how how do we learn how do we learn the gospel? What are what are ways that you've learned more about the gospel of Jesus Christ? What are some things that you've done? What was that? I think you can obviously start out with just reading the gospel um, as the first step. Um, I think 
it's also good to um, have a community of people to discuss what you read to um, get a more diverse and full understanding of what it's actually saying. Um, I think it's important to also pray about what you read in the gospel. Um, again, to get a um, better understanding of what is actually being said. Um, and there's also, um, after reading it, it's also um, putting into practice what you do read um, and following those, um, those commands and those, um, that path of life that the gospel talks about. Um, and I think once you transition from reading it and understanding what it is saying to actually putting that into action, um, that is when you are really getting the full idea of the gospel because you read it to understand it. And then once you actually partake in what it is saying, then you yourself um, are actively doing something. So you even, you have that experience of, of doing those things. So that kind of completes the full um, understanding of whatever you're reading in the gospel. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Now we can we can read every single page of the Bible, every single page of the book. We can read every single thing about Jesus Christ. But if we don't if we don't follow His example and actually act upon what we learn, then then it's not it's not a huge benefit to us. We really do need to show our love by keeping His commandments. That's that's one thing that Jesus Christ, when He was on Earth, mentioned: "If you love me, keep my commandments." And and as we show that faith by, by our actions, it's definitely a, a huge um, kind of example of our love. Yeah, it's a great thing. You know, we learn we learn from all these all these different all these different sources, and just as you said, you know, scriptures, church leaders, you know, living living what you learn, and then going back to that first one is is pretty important too. You know, from the scriptures, and where do the scriptures come from? Come from prophets, right? They're the words of prophets, and that's you know having a prophet is something that's very vital to to the gospel and to our lives. And so, why do you know you know what prophet is, right, Aaron? I do. I do know what a prophet right. is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'd be surprised with how many people don't actually. <laughs> yeah, like Moses, you know. Uh, all those all those great wonderful things and if we look at the scriptures what was it that they did right? they declared the gospel of jesus christ to the people in their day and each prophet marks a dispensation in time or a point or period of time on the earth and, and so the gospel is revealed to us by those prophets in ancient times now we can see before jesus christ and every everyone from adam even all the way down to jesus christ we see that god reveals what he wants his children to do to best help them prepare for for the blessings of the gospel yeah and, and when these prophets are on earth they kind of have, I almost think of it as like a badge 
kind of like a uh, like uh, invisible badge that allows them to speak on God's behalf. And that badge is also referred to as the authority, and they have the priesthood. And when they have this on earth, it allows them to speak. And we can see all through the scriptures that there's been prophets that have taught about Jesus Christ. And one of those prophets was Jesus Christ himself. When he came to earth and, and he went about teaching and he went about doing good and he, he explained the gospel and he, he helped those around him understand more about God and more about Jesus Christ. And eventually, as kind of the pattern went on, as we read in the scriptures, he was denied. And he called 12 apostles and, and he told them, like, you know, people aren't going to people aren't going to like you. People aren't going to love you. And then we read that Jesus Christ was crucified and he performed the atonement and he was crucified on a cross and he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. And because of that action, we can receive our remission of our sins and we can better ourselves and we can repent daily. But as that pattern went on, um, his apostles were killed off and they you know, were one by one kind of denied and killed. And that led to a time on the earth where there wasn't someone that had kind of that badge or that authority to speak on God's behalf and kind of explain the teachings of Jesus Christ. Exactly, right. We read in the New Testament what, what the things that Christ did. He established a church and he established, he established an organized church, first of all. He performed miracles. He went about he went about doing good. He did all these all these things, and he's and he's telling his disciples, you know, I'm I'm an example. So follow in my ways. And he 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 did those and told his disciples also to do. Them. He said he taught them for three years. That's all. That's all they had. Three years until Jesus Christ did suffer in pain and in agony. And they felt lost. They felt lost because they didn't have Jesus Christ and they didn't have they didn't have anyone to teach them. They didn't they didn't have someone to look to. At least so they thought. And then Christ appeared to them again and he taught them more. And he enlightened their minds. And he called he called a prophet, that being Peter. And they and he said, Go ye therefore, baptizing all nations in my name. And then so that's what they did. And they called more disciples and more people to go and teach the gospel to all ends of the earth. And it, that's how it dispersed. But just like my companion of the Woodward said, that Jesus Christ went back up into heaven. And then he left, he left the ministry to his apostles and they were killed off as well. And so what, what happens when the authority to act in God's name is taken off from the face of the earth? Or what do you think about that? Aaron, what are your thoughts on that? When the authority is taken off of this earth, um, I think that, um, I think the authority is never really taken off of this earth because we still had 
the gospel and scripture with us because that part never really left us. And I feel like that becomes the new authority whenever we don't have an appointed prophet or an appointed person that God appoints to us or, or that Jesus is with us. I think the authority doesn't shift to the gospel because the gospel was always an authority in the first place. I think it just becomes even more of an emphasis and focal point. Yeah. Yeah, and we may think that the gospel, you know, the gospel is, is good. It has Christ's teachings in it, and we should follow it, in which we should. Now, looking, looking at the pattern of, of the scriptures, looking at the pattern of, of how prophets and apostles are called, do you do you think it would be important for a prophet and apostles to be on the earth today? I think um, well let's let's go over what a prophet is. From my understanding, a prophet is someone who God has, I guess, specifically chosen and communicates with to spread the gospel. Um, but I would say that aren't we all, we might not have the same kind of communication that, um, prophets had with God, but I think we are definitely all chosen to spread the gospel. Um, and I think that we are definitely able to communicate to God through prayer and he does answer our prayers, maybe not as explicitly as he did with the prophets. Um, so I think that not having those, those prophets and those um, apostles, I think that was, I don't, I don't think it's entirely 100% necessary because again, we still have the scripture, we still have God's commandments and his words and we still have the ability to communicate with God and we still have um, people who study the word um, very intensely their whole lives um, to, to help other people understand it. Um, that's why we have seminary and um, stuff like that. Um, I, and as I said before, we can always ask God for um, knowledge and discernment and clarity and wisdom in reading um, scripture. So uh, I, I feel like the need to have a spe specific people such as prophets and apostles aren't entirely necessary. I'm sure it would help. I'm sure it would be nice to have those types of people around that have that more explicit um, communication with God. Um, but I think the need for them really isn't as important now as it was back then because of all the resources that we do have. Yeah, I, I, definitely, I like how you said, like, you know, we all can, we can all communicate with God. That, that's exactly right. We all have that, you know, opportunity and that blessing to, to pray to Heavenly Father and to read the scriptures and to draw closer to him like that. 
and and that's definitely that's spot on that's 100 percent right we that is such a an awesome resource out of scriptures and and sometimes i just think of um towards prophets as they're they're someone that can help us and lead us and guide us not necessarily that they are um you know they they overrule us and they they say exactly what we need to do but it's just someone that's there to to lead and guide the the gospel here on earth and and but i do think that's exactly right you know we we still have that we still have 100 that opportunity to study the scriptures and, and to learn more about jesus christ on our own and it's up to us to to know be those disciples but a prophet is just someone that's there to lead us and guide us and and they um kind of guide the church on earth yeah it's i think it's i think it's important right to see that god communicates through prophets today i think god is god is the same yesterday today and forever and he doesn't and he hasn't revealed everything to us and to to think that would say that that we've learned heaven and we've we've learned all all the mysteries of god but we know that you know not that's not achievable here on earth (laughs) but the lord continues to reveal through his prophets and if he did so in in old testament times why wouldn't he now Uh, that's something that's something that we could ponder. Uh, why, why wouldn't it be necessary? Or why was it necessary now? Or why is authority even, even a thing? And we, we can see in, in the scriptures, right, that, that authority, authority was a big deal. And even now, right, with all these different churches, and there's so many there's so many churches on the earth today that have that have pieces of the gospel and each of them have have ministers or they have leaders right and and they claim to all be to all be the the same gospel or some people i've heard i've heard say that it's it's all the same thing in which yes the root of it is jesus christ but even some practices are different for example baptism baptism is something that that people view as necessary others view it as not necessary but only only declaring that you believe in christ is even the even the practice of baptism alone is is different in other denominations some believe in full immersion others believe with with just a sprinkling of water on the head Right, and so, and so, why, why, why is all of this even here? And that's because of that, of of the gospel being mingled with the philosophies of men. And we can't necessarily blame blame men and blame the natural man, because because there's not somebody to lead and guide the church. There's not somebody to to say that this is. This is how it needs to be, because this is how God does it. This is how God wants it to be. And a lot of a lot of these things can be mixed and messed with. And it was. Yeah, I, I love how, how Paul put it. You know, they they in the he wrote in the last days they'll have a form of godliness, 
but deny the power thereof. And, and that's one thing that, that I think can be misinterpreted. You know, we, we believe that all churches are good. They, they have a form of godliness, but just some of the, the teachings have been lost over time from when the apostles were, were killed and they didn't have the, um, the correct authority. And so that led to a time on the earth of kind of confusion. There was a lot of different religions, and this was you know, all the way up until around the 1800s. And in America, there was you know, religious freedoms, and so a lot of people were claiming to be the correct church, and they all had you know, that authority or that power, and they all were kind of claiming that they, they had the true teachings. They, they had the correct teachings, and that church didn't. And it was kind of a, kind of a war of words. It was, it was very contentious, and, and so it led a young boy to a lot of confusion. And that young boy was named Joseph Smith. And at the age of 14 years old, he was reading in uh, the New Testament in, jo in James. Ah, not John. In James. And it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And that scripture, it pierced his soul. He, he truly had never heard a scripture so impactful on him. Because at this point, he didn't know what church was true. And he, he needed an answer. He, he is hearing so many different versions of, of the gospel. And so when he heard that scripture, he, he thought, I can ask God. I can pray and ask God, and I'll receive an answer. And so through this, he knelt down. He went to a sacred grove, and he knelt down, and he prayed to our God, Heavenly Father. And he asked, which of these churches should I join? And Joseph Smith had, had no expectation of, what to um what to expect but god the father and jesus christ appeared to joseph smith and the heavenly father said joseph this is my beloved son hear him and from this experience we learned so many things we learned just how true the scriptures are heavenly father hears all of our prayers and he loves all of us and yeah I was just I was just going to to ask you, Aaron. You know what what is you know what what are your what are your thoughts on 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 all of that on Joseph Smith uh, from what you've I don't know if you've read if you've read a little bit about Joseph Smith you know through through the Book of Mormon did you read did you read the um that account his account What was that?
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, Joseph Smith was visited visited by the angel Moroni, right? And and he was shown he was shown a record of of these ancient plagues that were by him that were near around where he lived. He, in the account, he said that he knew he knew the hill that he was shown, and and, and he went back every year at around the same time and to see if he could obtain them. But if we read what, if you remember what, what Moroni told him, he said that this is for a work. This is for wisdom in God. And you're, basically your heart must be pure. And then you're going to see these and you're going to say, man, these are, these are going to be worth a lot of money. Because right? he, was, he was a poor farmer boy, you know, <laughs> with his family, you know, not living a wealthy life. So he's, he said, you're going to see these and, you know, you might have your heart upon riches. And if so, then you're not going to be able to, to obtain them, in which we see that's, that's what happened for the next four years. And then, like you said, finally, on the fourth year, after, after him learning and maturing and, and really softening his heart, he was able to obtain that record in which he translated. and by the power of God, as well we know now as the Book of Mormon, which is another testament of Jesus Christ. And so through the Book of Mormon, we can learn more about the gospel of Christ. And we can learn more about who Christ is and why he's, a, why he's so important. Right? And, and, so, and, it, and it maps out God's plan for us and it has all these wonderful things that we can learn all these truths that have been restored to us through a prophet joseph smith and we continue to receive revelation and so what what are your thoughts on on joseph smith and and the plates and and the book of mormon and what from what you've read what Kind of like what were what were you thinking when you were when you were reading through it?
Yeah, and we actually wanted to ask you, Aaron. Um, we were a little confused. Um, <laughs> we we're a little confused when you said uh, that you were reading it in chronological order. So we're just <laughs> we're yeah, like from like the beginning up until because yeah, because the Book of Mormon takes place from around 600 BC down to around 400 AD. And right, the first book, First Nephi, starts then, and it it's for the most part it's already going in a, in a sequence. And so, and so, what what did you, what did you read exactly? So <laughs> you just try try to understand understand that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It goes. It goes first Nephi, then it goes second Nephi, then it goes the book of Jacob, then book of Jesus, right? So, so you'll see that there was like third Nephi and fourth Nephi. Those are those are actually just descendants of of the first Nephi. And so first and second Nephi do cover the same people. Third and fourth Nephi were like around the time of Christ, right? And so. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could. It could. It might seem a little, a little confusing there. Yeah, we could see that. Um, did you Did you have any any special feelings when you're reading the Book of Mormon, or any any specific thoughts that came to your mind? Any any feelings?
Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a question that could come up. And there's also you know, there's there's different things that that may seem well that doesn't make sense. Uh, but that was that was over two thousand years ago. First, you know, first off, you know, and and we see that they had they had different, you know, different languages and even in even in languages now, you know, we can see that there's different dialects, but that through time and through time, just languages seem to form here and there and and such. And where do they where do they even come from? Or this doesn't you know this doesn't sound Hebrew or or anything. And so and so like what the heck, <laughs> right? But I mean, through time, it's just, and that's just something that gets mixed up. I mean, you see that it doesn't say that these ancient peoples were the Nephites or the Lamanites. Uh, we do believe that some are among their descendants. But even then, there were cultures that, that have mixed and, and that all these different things started started to happen even within the Book of Mormon that that peoples began to mingle with each other and people started dispersing and and such and the Nephites and the Lamanites weren't the first people to, to even come to America. And we can we can read even in the in the Book of Ether that that Jared and and his brother and during the time of the Tower of Babel in, in the Old Testament came over here thousands of years before Christ came <laughs> and, and thousands before Nephi and Lehi. And so just with that, you know, that's, I mean, that could be an explanation. Yeah, no, that's definitely a really good question, though. Um, yeah. We'd love to, like, like, jot it down and research it and get back to you just because, you know, we, we're not brainiacs <laughs> but we would love to love to research that and and see if we can we can find something on that um, yeah yeah that's definitely a good question i don't know if i've i've thought about that um, but yeah with with the uh, the record of the book of mormon you know, as we read it we can draw closer to jesus christ and i liked how you pointed out that it's very similar to the bible because um it is it's very similar to the bible and the people of Nephi and Lehi, they had what would now become the Old Testament. They had plates that they read from often. That's why a lot of it is um, very similar to Isaiah chapters, because they read Isaiah chapters and they taught that to their people. Then they also taught it in the Book of Mormon. And so, you know, the Book of Mormon is their record. And so they wrote down the teachings that they were teaching their people, which came from the teachings of the Old Testament. And so, so in some of the scriptures, like in Second Nephi, you'll see it says, compared to Isaiah, and I'll have a chapter in Isaiah. And that's referring to when they were teaching out of the book of Isaiah, and they're, you know, referencing that as they taught, and they wrote it down in the Book of Mormon. And so it's definitely similar to the Bible, and it has a familiar reading style. And um, one of the important things about the Book of Mormon is, is the promise made towards the end of it. I know we kind of briefly talked about it in the last lesson. Um, could we could we read that really quickly? Awesome. 
Well, so this is um, this is a promise made in Moroni. Find it really quickly. This is in Moroni chapter ten, and um, yeah, I think we I think we briefly talked about it last time. Awesome. This is Moroni chapter 10. Yeah, so in this chapter, Moroni, he, he gives a promise and he tells us to do some things and then he promises something that will happen. And in verse 3, he says, Behold, I would exhort you that when ye shall read these things, if it be wisdom in God that ye should read them, that ye would remember how merciful the Lord hath been unto the children of men, from the creation of Adam even down until the time that ye shall receive these things, and ponder it in your hearts. And so in that scripture, Moroni is, is addressing us that when we read the Book of Mormon, you know, we should remember God and remember Jesus Christ and how merciful they've been. And then in the next verse, he kind of says more specific things. It says, And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you, that you would ask God, the eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, if these things are not true. And if ye shall ask with a sincere heart and with real intent, having faith in Jesus Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, ye may know the truth of all things. And, and this scripture has had such, such a big impact in my life. Um, I remember when I was preparing to serve a mission, I uh, hadn't read the Book of Mormon all the way from cover to cover yet. Kind of, it's kind of intimidating for me. I'm not a huge fan of just cranking out reading books. And I had a church leader that was trying to help me prepare to serve a mission. And he asked me, he said, have you, have you read the Book of Mormon all the way through? And I was like, well, not all the way, technically. And I was kind of... <laughs> trying to stretch it and, and he saw right through that he was like all right well I, I would invite you to read it all the way through and he gave me seven days to read it and I was just like oh you've got to be joking me like there's no way that's going down and so I, <laughs> I, I sat down every day for a couple of hours and I was able to listen to it and follow along and as I was reading it I I prayed and I asked if it were true, and I received an answer. I, I know that, that the Book of Mormon is true. And I, I just had such a feeling of peace and joy come over me, just knowing that you know, this is the teachings of Jesus Christ, and that through this book, we can draw closer. And, and that is something that I'm definitely gonna remember for the rest of my life. And then I'm so grateful that that, that darn bishop, that, that church leader, he challenged me to do that. And, and at first I was kind of bummed out, but as I as I continued to read the Book of Mormon and learned so much so much stuff that I I hadn't learned before, I was so grateful for that. You know, and, and my testimony is is as the same as my companions. Oh, before I I was raised in the church. Um, many of my extended family are not. You know, my dad and my mom are, but but almost all of my uncles and aunts are not. 
me than my cousins. And so I've had a, I've had a lot of different opinions, you know, come through. And I always knew that the church was true. Um, and I always I just knew that the I just knew that the the Book of Mormon was was you know scripture, and I was I was taught that way. In which I still you know I I didn't doubt it, but I could not say with a full heart that I know that the Book of Mormon is true. You know, I could I could say it, but I couldn't say how I could now. And after after reading the Book of Mormon all the way through, when I got out here, actually, on my mission, I read it all the way through. I've read it now twice. And I've prayed about it. And, and I felt comfort. I felt that where I'm at is where the Lord needs me and wants me to be. And that's what we can feel from the Book of Mormon. And do you think Joseph Smith wrote the Book of Mormon? Yeah. And do you believe do you believe that he translated them then? Well Aaron, we want we want you to pray about it. We want you to know by a witness of the Holy Ghost that these things are true. We don't want you to take our word for it. You can read you can read from all the different all the different sources that, that you would like. The Book of Mormon is the source of where of what we're asking about. And God is the source of our witness from the Holy Spirit. Aaron, will you pray to know that these things are true? Will you read the Book of Mormon? And pray about it. And when we say read the Book of Mormon, we don't mean the entire book. <laughs> it's a long one. It could take a very long time. It took me about 18 years. <laughs> but just start reading it little by little and pray. Pray to know if it's true, Aaron. And the Lord will make it manifest to you if you are sincere in your desire to know if it is. Will you do that, Aaron? That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. We, we'd love to, to suggest maybe some chapters in the Book of Mormon that have been our favorite and that have really um, helped us learn because I know it's kind of kind of daunting just like receiving a book and not knowing where to start. Um, definitely can be kind of like, whoa, this is a sea of pages. But what was that?
We cannot hear you. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah, so so the church today is set up the, uh, is the same as, as ancient times. We have a prophet and 12 apostles, and through that it kind of goes down, and there's a quorum of the 70, and then with like, basically within our local things, we have, you know, when we go to church on Sunday, it's like a, a super realistic, people we see every every day, or every Sunday. We have the members, and they all have kind of their they can have callings, maybe like they teach in Sunday school, or they teach some some group of young kids, and then there's a bishop, and that bishop is over that area, and those people that attend that service, and he has kind of his counselors that help and help organize that, and then when there's a group of multiple wards, it's called a stake, and there's a stake president, and they, he's over the stake. Yeah, and so... If we try to look at it as, as maybe a, right, as a, as a structure, right, Christ, Christ being the head of the church, and we have the prophet who, who leads and guides the church, and we have, we have a first presidency, his two counselors, we have the 12 apostles, we have a quorum of the 70, which are which are seventy priesthood holders, and after that we start we start going into more local things, you know, just as my companion was saying. And we have we have wards. That's what we call them, or congregations. You would call them a smaller group of people that have that has a bishop and his two counselors, which look over the ward and address the needs of the ward, and multiple wards in a in a city fall under a stake what we call and there's a stake president and his two counselors which like the bishop address the needs of the stake and try to help grow the stake and and make it stronger and and then that's that's how that's that's kind of the logistics i guess of of that I don't know if logistics was the right word, but <laughs> that's the structure. Yeah. Does that help uh, answer kind of your, your question?
Yeah, so, so the prophet and the leader of the church, he has the authority and sort of they're referred to as the priesthood keys. He has the keys over all of the church and he can cover the whole church. And then someone like a bishop has the authority and the keys for that ward. So it's kind of like a umbrella, if that makes sense. But the priesthood holds the, or the prophet holds the keys for and the authority for Christ's church on the earth and, and to lead and guide the church. He's uh, in, in the New Testament, right? Christ gives Peter the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever he shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever shall he loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And that's, that's the same, those are those same priesthood keys on the earth held by, held by the prophet. Russell M. Nelson, that is our current prophet today. And priesthood holders are those who have been found worthy, are, are men who have been found worthy to hold that priesthood, to administer the ordinances thereof, such as sacrament, and to, to pass, to bless and pass the bread and the water and to those members of the congregation. And that's that's where the authority lines with. And maybe we could ask, you know, where did it come from? Where did the authority come from? Right? In Old Testament, it was given to them by by God, and I passed down. Moses laid his hands on Aaron and gave him that same priesthood authority. When Jesus Christ was on the earth, Jesus Christ gave his apostles and also called seventy other men, and they were given authority to go and, and preach to all nations and baptize, baptizing them, administering you know, sacrament, doing these things, performing miracles. And right as we mentioned before, that authority was, was taken off to do those things. One of the things that was restored through Joseph Smith was the authority, was that priesthood authority. You know, Peter, James, and John came down and they gave the priesthood. They bestowed the priesthood on, on Joseph Smith and also Oliver Cowdery, which was a man who helped Joseph Smith in his, as, a, as a scribe for the translation of the Book of Mormon. And so they wondered how, how they should do these things. And so they asked God, and that's when Peter, James, and John came and and also John the Baptist came as well to give them that authority to baptize. Right? And so from that, they were, given, they were given those things and given that authority to do so. And from there, we can actually something really cool. We could, we could trace our line of priesthood. And as we said, every worthy, every worthy man starting from the age of 12 and older can receive the priesthood and you can trace it back all the way to Jesus Christ. You know, it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's really cool. And so that's, that's where the line comes from. It, you know, somebody doesn't just, just declare themselves as a bishop and the revelation is, is still here. And, and so is that authority. Does that, does that make sense?
What was that? Sorry, we can't. We can't hear you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no way. You know, you could, you could actually, that's something that you could, you could probably find that we could refer you to back to the, uh, back to the website, the church's website. I'm sure they could give a better answer than, than we could probably. <laughs> but, but in the, um, kind of to briefly sum it up, the, the core of the 12 apostles, they're called by revelation. Now there, there's a lot of prayer gone into who should go into the quorum of the 12 and that is a calling that is for the rest of your life and through the quorum of the 12 the most senior becomes the prophet and yeah so and then when someone passes away by prayer and by revelation another person is um called to enter the quorum of the 12 yeah. so it's only it's only by that revelation those things happen because it's a it's a very very big duty and it's a very very important and responsible calling not something to be taken lightly and so yes it is by revelation then that these men are called into those forms to become special witnesses of jesus christ So, so the prophet, he holds the, the keys for all the church. So he is enabled to receive revelation on behalf of the church as a whole, if that sort of makes sense. So like for me, as missionaries, me and my companion, we are in a certain area and we pray and we've been kind of ordained or set apart for that specific area so we can you know, pray for people on how to help them. But like we, you know, we don't have the the kind of title to pray for someone that lives in like Africa and like <laughs> receive revelation for them. That's the missionaries in that area. And kind of similar to that, the prophet has, you know, that title or that authority for the whole church. And so he can lead and guide us. And so one of the one of the great um kind of examples of that guidance is the word of wisdom. 
Have you heard anything of the, the word of wisdom before? Um, I'm not sure, but go on and tell me what that means. So one of the um, revelations that's been given by Joe, um, through Joseph Smith, by like he explained this revelation, was the abstaining from, from smoking and other items. And this was in the 1800s when smoking was supposedly healthy. And Joseph Smith, through the power of God, kind of learned that, you know, smoking is, is not good. It's, it's no good. No bueno. And so he explained that revelation. And then from there, we have tried to abstain from smoking. And later on, it came out like, you know, in the 60s, it was still very healthy. Smoking helped your lungs and all that. And then later, it came out that smoking is, is actually a very harmful substance. And so it's kind of, it's the guidance like that that's really guiding and, and helping leading the church. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's different, there's different things that the, that the church has come out with um, that have been, that have been taken as, as new revealed, new revealed commandments. One of that being, being the word of wisdom, uh, which is, which is basically just a law of health. And, but if we, if we really want to know, you know, if, if the prophet is really a prophet of God, what we can do is, is listen, listen. You know, there's twice a year, we have, we have this thing that we call general conference. We just had it last week, actually. And that's when the prophet and the apostles and, and other leaders, um, they speak to us. They broadcast it worldwide for, every, for everyone to see. And we can only know if they're really called of God if we listen and obey the counsel that's given to us. They help us and they guide us on what we need to do to better help ourselves become more like Jesus Christ and enter into the kingdom of God, really. And I think, I think you asked, right, does... Does the prophet have, have, you know, talk with God face to face? Probably, I don't know exactly, don't exactly know, but we do believe him to have direct communication with the Lord on how he could best help the church. And so if he talks with God face to face, we don't know. We don't know if he does, but we can only know if he's actually a prophet of God. If we, if we listen, observe, perhaps pray, pray if they are true. And because the Lord says, beware of false prophets. So that's an important thing to know if they're, if they're even real or not. Does that, does that answer, answer your question a little bit better? Yeah. Um, so would you, would you say that you, or either of you have a form of direct communication with God? Yeah, we, we definitely pray. And you know, through the Holy Ghost, we can receive some of those promptings. I'm sure you've, you've had experiences with the Holy Ghost from reading the Bible or from studying Jesus Christ, where you know, it's through the Holy Ghost that we know that the Bible is true. And it's very similar to that, you know. It's not like we have like a special phone 
that has just like a cable that goes up into the heavens. It's definitely nothing like that. It's all through prayer and, and through the Holy Ghost. And, you know, we, we definitely strive to, to keep ourselves morally clean and, and, you know, kind of stay away from some of those worldly things so we can be more in tune with the Spirit. And, yeah, that, that's sort of, um, that's sort of our, our goal as, as missionaries especially. That's why we kind of have kind of some stricter rules, you know, like no YouTube. We can't mm-hmm. watch YouTube. Because you know we're 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 trying to stay um, super super in tune with the spirit, if that makes sense. Just as missionaries, not as members of, of the church. <laughs> yeah, and it's just so important for that for that um, communication with God. Prayer is real. Prayer is real. <laughs> yeah. Um, Have you had any experiences with prayer? I I think prayer yeah, is. Well, always- what- Go ahead. Uh, go on. Go on. Uh, I think I think prayer is yeah. I I think it's definitely a necessary and useful tool. I think um, it's we're supposed to pray. We're called to pray. And I think it's uh, it's necessary to have any relationship with God is to pray. And I think um, it's definitely necessary to ask for forgiveness um, and just to um, know what is the best course of action with anything in your life um so yeah i definitely think prayer is very valuable and incredibly necessary and essential um, to anyone's faith um, in god and jesus christ um so from what i'm understanding there's not really a big difference between um i guess there's nothing really that special about the prophet other than he's just kind of in charge of the whole church and kind of instead of a bishop that's in charge of one church the prophet is just like a higher bishop in charge of all the all the churches so it's so from what i'm understanding he's doesn't have any like special powers or i guess anything different than me because we both have the same communication through prayer with God, um, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly right. He, he's just he's a he's a human, just like us, you know. And, and the the thing that kind of sets him a little different is just that he has that you know that title or that authority for the kingdom of God on the earth for for all of Jesus Christ's church here on the earth. And that is something that I personally don't want on my shoulders. I don't know if that's horrible to say, but that seems pretty stressful. <laughs> I'm sure it's definitely a stressful thing to be in charge of, of the whole kingdom of God here on earth. And so we want to, I want to, want to ask Aaron too, like, you know, you mentioned Moses and him being, him being a prophet. So what, what set him apart from people, right? People could still pray. People could still could still know if if things were right or if things were wrong, and so what what set Moses apart? Oh, we can't hear you. No, can't. No, can't hear you. 
Let me see. Let me oh, see. Oh yeah, there yeah. we go. Um, I think, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think we, as as God spoke to Moses through the burnt burning bush, um, I don't think we have those as I said, like explicit revelations with God, um, as explicitly as that as God physically talking to you through an object like a burning bush. I don't, I think us, I think that kind of what separates us from Moses um, and that I feel like he, I feel like Arthur's kind of had a more direct line of communication with God and they were, um, through God's power, they were able to, uh, some of them were able to perform miracles. And um, I think that is another thing that kind of separated prophets from everyone else was that God used them um, to perform miracles to show the power of God. Um, so I think it's the combination of both more of a direct line of communication with God, more explicit. Um, and the ability to for God to use them um, to perform miracles and tasks that other people could not do. Yeah. So if it were not through a burning bush, what would that take away from the prophetic call of Moses? Just in that instance, at least. Or what separated what separated Peter and the other apostles. Peter was called as as the prophet after Christ after Christ died. And so what said what set him apart from from the from the other apostles and disciples? Or what even you know what what's different? No, I, I haven't really thought about this much. I'm not really sure. To be frank, um, I think in a sense that um, we are all, what, what's kind of tripping me up is I think we're all um, called to, to be disciples of the Lord and to be missionaries and to have that communication with God through prayer. Um, and I think and we're all ca called to help guide each other um on the right path um and i think that um once god when jesus died on the cross for us um we're i mean i think we're all called to do to the best of our abilities um to spread the word and to um following his likeness but i'm not i'm not really to answer your question i'm not really sure what set him apart um and i think that's that's something i don't understand yet and that's kind of why i'm asking these types of questions i don't i don't really understand um the difference between a prophet and just a regular church member because we're all called to do the same thing I think there are definitely people that um, are called to play a more church role, a more leadership role in preaching the gospel. Um, 
And I think there are definitely people who are called to do other things just as a normal career and to disciple in the workplace. Um, and I think that um, from what I'm understanding, I feel like a prophet is just someone who's called to do ministry more, I guess, explicitly. And when I say explicitly, I mean to like work in the church ministry rather than just everyday ministry that we're supposed to be doing. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like prophet is just someone who is more called to work in the physical church environment rather than in another part or another career. Yeah, that's something that we that we got to think about, right? Something that that's good. It's good questioning. Right? We should question things. That's the only thing. That's the only way we learn. <laughs> and specifically, you know, these these men did have careers beforehand too. You know, they didn't they didn't go to school for I don't know. I don't know what you go to school for for what or like become to become a priest or or go to school to to fall into that position right mm -hmm. hierarchy you know and move up the line but they were truly called of god and some people are given authority to to administer all the ordinances of the gospel and to given that authority perhaps to baptize or given that authority to to do this thing given that authority to do that thing and the prophet and apostles today their main mission is to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ and to testify of Jesus Christ to all nations that is that is what they do they do go over you know they have they have meetings every so often on how to best strengthen the church, how to best help grow the church, and they address the needs of the people. But they also go to to different nations all across the world and helping and teaching and testifying of Jesus Christ, helping people grow closer to him, helping helping them receive the gospel as well. And and we're called as missionaries the different parts of the world then that perhaps they can't minister to or they you know they they are they are very very busy men but their but their mission is we all basically have the same mission like you said though to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to all nations to declare repentance and to help others come closer to Christ. They are to stand as special witnesses of Jesus Christ and to best help more millions and millions of people worldwide and help them grow their faith in Jesus Christ. And to do that, that alone is, that is a miracle. There are so many things just because it wasn't, just because it wasn't a rod that could that could heal people from death or just because it wasn't a burning bush 
or parting of Red Seas does not mean that it was not a miracle. Miracles still happen. The authority of, to act in the name of God is on the church, to, is in the world today. And it is in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know, we'd love to, we'd love to talk more, Aaron. Um, and so maybe, maybe we could, maybe we could set up another time. Yeah, for sure. To go over more. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely have a lot more questions um, that I would like to ask. Um, we could do it again next week, next Saturday, next Sunday, sometime. Um, but yeah, I would definitely have. Yeah, I would definitely love to talk more about um, these types of things. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We're definitely grateful to have this opportunity to talk to you and discuss Jesus Christ and his teaching that definitely definitely helps us and we hope that you know we all kind of learn something new and and it's it's always awesome just to have conversations centered on Jesus Christ. Yeah those are good questions. Thank you. Thank you for for taking the time and truly yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for yeah, thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to me about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, this is what we do. Yeah, we, <laughs> we are missionaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, would it be okay if we? Uh, yeah, I would love to talk. Go on, go on. Yeah, I would love to talk to you about um, next week. That is about the missionary work and how how that kind of works in the church because I know. That it's a it's a pretty big thing that um, most males do in the church. Yeah, yeah, we could we could go over that, and and just to let you know that we we actually could meet multiple more than once a week, if you'd like. Maybe we could even meet twice a week, perhaps, if you if you'd like. Once a week is once a week is fine, but but we we do have we do have you know, a flexible schedule, you know, yeah. <laughs> if we don't have people to meet with, we don't really have a schedule, right? <laughs> yeah, and with the coronavirus, we were able to go outside and, you know, talk to people, but now we're kind of, kind of stuck indoors, <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, whatever your schedule works, it, it, it'll definitely work for ours, and we, we definitely appreciate um, having this opportunity, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, would it be okay if we uh, set a closing prayer, yeah. unless you have, like, any other Awesome. I can say this. Dearly Father, we're so grateful for this opportunity that we have to meet over technology. And Father, we're grateful for all the many blessings that Thy has given us. Father, we we ask a blessing upon all of us that we can be safe and that no harm or accident will come upon us. Father, we ask for blessing upon the world at this time for relief from the COVID-19. And Father, we love thee so very much, and we're grateful for the opportunity to meet with Aaron and discuss thy gospel. And Father, we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Super nice to meet and talk to you again. All right. Thanks, Aaron. All right, we'll, we'll keep in contact. <laughs> All right. Um, see yeah, we'll you later. <laughs> See you guys. Uh,